thank you for joining us. This is episode 39 of Amateur 3D Podcast, a podcast by amateur printers for amateur printers, where we share our thoughts and experience. Our panelists this week are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Andy Cottom, Kevin Buckner, and Chris Weber. How's it going, guys? Well, pretty good. How are you? Good. I like the earlier recording sessions, honestly. I can me make too. plans. I can make plans for one o'clock and try to make them a little bit easier. <laughs> I had to push back dinner that we usually do at eleven a.m., but we'll make it work on our end. Dinner at eleven a.m. <laughs> just kidding. He's making fun of my swing shift because I just barely crawled <laughs> out of bed. Well, and, and so uh, my grandmother lived through World War II, all that other fun stuff. She mm-hmm. distinguished between breakfast, supper, or breakfast, lunch, supper, and dinner. Really? Yeah. And, you know, my parents, for whatever reason, I grew up thinking that supper and dinner were the same thing. It wasn't until, mm-hmm. I don't know, in the last 10 years or so, I came to the appreciation that supper is different from dinner. But what is the real difference between the two? Uh, um, su- supper you- is more like evening tea. Oh, yeah, okay. supper, supper is after dinner. Okay. Like that it's snack a, before bed kind of meal? The, sort of. the American bigger, rendition it's, of it. Okay. It's, <laughs> it, it's, a bit, it's a bigger thing in Spain, actually. And in, in Spain, they have supper, and then they have a bigger dinner later, typically. Okay. That's cool. And there we go. So our <laughs> topic this week is home improvements from the printer. I'm excited about this one. (laughs) More Tim Allen stuff. He's going to hear this and go, hmm. I I don't know. I I mean, I guess if anybody could have copyrighted the the sound, it wouldn't be the guy that made it popular, right? Yep. His, what's it called? Audio trademark. That's what it is. Yeah. That's his audio trademark. we differ more than 10%, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Andy, have you done anything this week? I have done a lot of things this week. This week has been an entertaining one for printer. So much so, I've even made a list of the things that I've printed so that I wouldn't forget them. Oh, boy. We're in for <laughs> the uh, limit switch broke, huh? Uh, yeah, that was that was definitely one of them. So I, I made a, a new stand for my phone that I was whining about last podcast about it melting. Mm-hmm. I got another one of those printed out. Um, I got some new canister filter baffles for my fish tank. Um, I want to show you guys these. They turned out pretty nice looking. Nice. Uh, these are just flat wafers of plastic with a bunch of holes in them, like a screen door that I can stick in between the filter media inside the canister for my fil- my fish tank filter. Keep the medias from merging into one solid block. That okay. literally looks like um, the the screen I have on my floor drain. Oh yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, that, that's that's a, actually a good way for for the audio people to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, to think of a two for or a three millimeter listeners. tall floor drain. What would you call that shape? Oh, a, wide. A, a, radi- a reticle. It's called a reticle. The, so, anyway. the, the slice yeah. of a sphere. Is that a reticle? Now I'm confused. What's a reticle? Oh, it, you're, you're talking about the design of the surface. Yeah, that's like a, a um, concave, like a scope reticle. When you're looking through yeah. a scope in a long firearm, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Usually. So that is the right word for that, yeah. that bullseye shape, right? The, the okay. colloquial word is crosshairs. Okay. Sometimes I don't know where words come from in my head or what they mean. I just use them, so, you know. No, it, that's <laughs> a very good uh, gaming. They refer to the reticle a lot because it's always in the center of your screen. Okay. But um, you can choose the size and the shape of it and all that depending on your gaming style. So they okay. refer to that as the reticle. Also, very neat. just because it's the same shape. But yeah. Makes sense. I made some, some C-clips that I can fit around uh, vinyl tubing on my fish tank pump stuff. Um, I wound up having a, uh, an, an absolute infestation of pest snails in one of my fish tanks that was terrible. I could not get rid of them. We've completely cleaned the tank out and physically removed everything we could find. And apparently I still had eggs. We've tried chemicals. We've tried specific fish and um, other snails to get rid of them. That didn't work. So last week, I uh, used the nuclear option, and I sous vide the entire tank after removing the fish. And that worked. That got rid of everything, which is great. I brought the whole tank up to 160 degrees, um, and then it sat for like two hours as it cooled down on its own. And then I pumped all the water out of it. Um, but the filter, my, fil my canister filter, also had a bunch of those pestnel eggs and stuff like that. So I, I left it running in that time. But the heat collapsed my vinyl tubing that is used on that system. So Oof. I made a bunch of little C-clips that, that I could put around the vinyl tubing to help round the tubing back out over time. And it's working. Okay. But I, I printed a bunch of those. And, uh, and yeah, it worked pretty good. The fish are, are pretty happy. They've been in there for a week. I did, for those people who are into aquariums, yes, I did completely destroy the cycle of this tank. It is gone. It is toast. However, I did a, a half water change of a, of a different tank and I used its, its uh, dirty water into the tank that was sous vide. And so that's given it quite the boost for a new cycle. But yeah, all that's taken care of and everybody's happy and my pipes are slowly rounding out, which is good. <laughs> I didn't want to replace those tubings. But so I made so, a bunch of those C-clips and let's see here. What else did we do? Mm, oh. Did you put some on a croissant? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I, Finished up my uh, blowers for the top of my fish tank and got those completely done. Uh, one of them needed um, an extra cover designed the same way as the blowers clipped onto the tank. And I had designed and printed that as well this last week since the last podcast. So all that's going good and those tanks are looking great. I discovered something that is so much fun. And I think we talked a little bit about this last podcast. And that was... Um, my son has been using uh, 3D paint and windows, making his own little objects and things like that. And the other day, it kind of occurred to us, like, I, I could just slice those objects. I mean, he'd stop making measurements, fine measurements and things like that. He's just putting together shapes. And by, you, you know, I can scale things all day long inside of Cure, inside of the slicer. And I might be able to let him be able to print his designs that he's doing. And he got really excited about it. And uh, what do you know? 3D paint can save in a 3DM or a, a, a 3MF file. So that's great. It should work. No, Microsoft doesn't keep up the standards, and that's not a 3MF file, even though they call it a 3MF file. Apparently, because it's, it's Microsoft. Yeah, it's terrible. Microsoft makes another crappy tool though called 3D Builder, which is also just as crappy, but it can open up crappy 3D MF, 3, 3MF files and export proper STLs. So my son has been printing almost every single day wanting to print something. 
his own designs. Yeah, yeah, his own things. Nice. His, his, his very own things. Um, and he's he's ten years old for those who are curious. But uh, yeah, he'll. Uh, I told him he can he can spend up to twenty five grams of PLA a day, and that will be fine. If he wants something bigger, he'll have to pay for the uh, for the plastic used. And so sure. he's been. So we, I sit down with at the slicer with him because he knew he wants everything to be as big as possible. And so mm-hmm. kind of letting him weigh out, you know, how fragile do you want this item to be for how big it is? Because we're, we're being fairly firm on that 25 grams unless he wants to pay for the plastic used, which you right. guys know is actually pretty cheap. But for a 10 year old, that, that could be a, a, you know, that, that is a lot of money. So well, you want to spend 50 gotta, cents on a big print. It's, it's a lot. He's got to learn about economics at some point. This is as good a time as ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we're working really hard with that. Um, I don't give him an allowance. However, we do have Bank of Dad that mm-hmm. pays out ridiculous interest rates. And that's how I do allowance to the kids. They have to be financially smart and invest their money. We have bonds that he can buy in the Bank of Dad, in the Bank of Dad's account has a pretty good interest rate of four percent per week so that is awesome yeah i wish i had that kind of bank as he abuses the system i told him um i will just extend the length of time and we'll keep the numbers to be about what you find in the real world so you know um bonds going for you know five to six percent the checking account that he's got's four percent they're all higher but they're all close to reasonable numbers that you find in the real world so that I'm hoping to awesome. I like convey that, that. And once he gets up to like the hundred to two hundred dollar range, if he really starts abusing it, which I hope he does, I'll just lengthen the term, and that way everything kind of stays the same, and he doesn't break me uh, financially. <laughs> but, uh, so that's how we've been doing that. So he, he kind of earns interest that way, or earns an allowance by being good with his money. It, uh, I don't. I mean, it's very possible. Like you said, he's a very smart kid. Um, but I suspect that he won't really get it until he does algebra and starts learning logs. And he'll yeah. Go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Exponential calculations are really fun financially. Very. Especially much so. if Dad doesn't catch on quick enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I set these up for graphs, and I have like the first half of the displayed graph is his actual balances, and then the second half is a different color that shows projections, and mm-hmm. that really allows him to see like, oh my gosh, okay, I've had it for for four months, this much in it. And for the next four months, if I leave it in there, that's how much it will grow to. Oh, my heck, you know. So, I, I love this idea. As, really as, a, want- as a non-parent myself, I can see myself eventually getting to a point like this if I had kids. So, yeah, I, I really, I applaud your <laughs> uh, foresight and ingenuity. Thank you. And insistence on teaching a young person how to manage their finances instead of waiting until they're 18 and saying, go on, get out, go do. Yeah. Figure it out yourself. I really want to set up a, um, uh, a separate sheet and I, I have some ideas on how to do it, but haven't implemented it yet because I I do bonds, but let's Mm -hmm. face it. When you're a teenager, you're not going to go out and buy that many bonds. And that's not the real good way to invest at that young. You want to get into the market itself. So I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of set up an artificial market that um, that would update daily, that would just have a closing cost, mm-hmm. and that would be random, but have a certain amount of growth over a certain amount of time guaranteed. 
um, sure. and then have that growth stick within that that ridiculous interest rate, but allow me to change the growth without changing the numbers drastically. Mm -hmm. And I'm preaching strictly ETF funds for that. So, uh, yeah, that's the next little project for Bank of Dad. I like but that. He's doing well with it. Um, Very well we... done. But yeah, I so guess it helps that you're a techie and a programmer and all that other stuff that you would think of something like that. It's out yeah. of reach for, I suspect it's out of reach for a lot of parents, even if they do think of it. But there's like apps and things like that out there you sure. can do. I mean, we can make Excel dance all day long and get it to do exactly what we want to do and how it work it. But, but you know, a lot of the apps out there that are you know kind of okay will still do a pretty good job with that kind of stuff. So even without being a techie, though, I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> For a while there, he was abusing me. He got up to like sixty dollars and was making like fifteen dollars a week or so in interest, and it was just like it was about to. To fall over the hump because he would he would take he'd cash out of his, he'd cash out his bonds or they would mature for him and then mm -hmm. he would go and on the now I give him access to our Walmart shopping list which is a weekly purchase and our Amazon order which we just purchase we just close out that shopping cart every once in a while I tell him he can purchase stuff that way if he wants as well as much as he wants to spend his own money so he's got access to stores too that he could regularly use and he usually he does it perfect he spends. A couple of dollars each each time his bonds mature, he'll spend a couple of dollars and then he'll reinvest all the rest. So he's got it down perfect. I, I, wish, like being, I wish I would have been in a position to learn finances I wish, this way. I wish my parents would have done something like this too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Would have put this me is such a better position. You know what? I, I feel like uh, of all of the tangents we've ever gone down in this podcast, I think this is one of the more enlightening ones I've seen us do. Oh, yeah, I like oh, that it's idea actually very much. Maybe good advice, <laughs> not just ramblings. Yeah, no, that that was very good advice. That's almost as good as it, it's very much more techy um, and more inaccessible for most people. But it, um, I heard this podcast where this couple, both of them techies, had set their child up in a sandbox on the network. Okay. And as soon as the child was old enough to figure out how to break out of the sandbox, they could access a bigger sandbox progressively until <laughs> they were old enough to make good decisions. And it's like, okay. oh, man, this is inaccessible to like 99% of the world, but it's such yeah. a good idea. <laughs> that really is. That is. That's good. We need to get people to figure out how to change their SSID. By default, first though, and <laughs> that that that's a losing battle. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So well, those were all the prints I, that I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I I'm perfectly fine with my network being labeled. Uh, what is it? Comcast number XX three five seven zero with uh, uh, the password that's also equally impossible to remember. Yeah. I liked Andy's SSID there for a long time. <laughs> oh, the FBI surveillance band? Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. It that was, was it was funny when it was when we first put it up, but I think it was old about ten minutes after we changed it. And then it just never got changed. <laughs> right. Um, my favorite one is I don't use my phone's uh, personal use. I don't use my phone's uh, Wi Fi hotspot very often yeah but when i do turn it on it shows up on everybody else's phone is not wi-fi 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to use it at work a while ago, and one of my coworkers sticks his head up over all the cubes and goes, Whose is not Wi-Fi? <laughs> That's me. I like that. Can I connect to your phone? I said, no, it's not Wi-Fi. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But yeah so we, we've done that. Um, the whole printing with uh, 3D uh, paint is really good. It's, it's uh, for him, building stuff is really good. I think that is a wonderful middle step to actual CAD software where you might actually measure stuff out because mm -hmm. it, it is a little bit more idiot proof and easy to learn on and get it to do what you want it to do. Even you though can, you can absolutely set parameters, but it, it's all uh, primitive shapes. Yes. You yes. have to work real hard to get complex geometries on it. So yeah. Um, and as a 10 year old, he's doing great. And yeah. if he does want to do something more complex and serious, we can sit down and, and, you know, work on, on solid works together. Um, I kind of worry about teaching him that particular version though, because of licensing for solid works is complicated, mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't know. I think we'll see. I think that one will be fine. It's a real CAD software. I don't want to well, even and, try anything like free CAD or anything, but. And even fusion 360. You know, would set a limit for him of ten yeah. active things that he can work on. Yeah, but the function, good. the base functionality is the same. Yeah, as any other CAD program. Is it um, fairly idiot-proof? Like, as far as uh, once you like, like if you don't. I mean, I'm using it. What does that say about idiot-proof? <laughs> I like the joke, but you're actually a very smart man. So. Oh, thank you, Andy. That's um, like the second yeah. awesome compliment you've ever given me. <laughs> I got to balance them out somehow or I just feel bad dogging on you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but for right now, him using the 3D print or 3D paint, he's loving. And that works good. Yeah, uh, I did have a neat problem with my printer this week that I want to share as well. Um, Don't hear first that off, phrase. I had it. Yeah, well, I, I made a mistake when I was setting up a, a print job. It was actually building these these baffle things was, was the job I was doing. One of them was three layers off of the surface of the bed. I don't know how I sliced it that way, but I made that error and didn't catch it. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was touching another model, and it's like it didn't set down on the bed. It stayed mm -hmm. up in the air. And so my printer tried to print it, and of course it instantly turned into an air print and a blob. I think that blob got caught on something. It wound up tearing off the um, the duct, the nozzle for my part cooling fan, and broke that, Oof. which is a 3D printed part. The one that keeps melting that I always talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, it was broken, but it wasn't melted, so I'm doing something right with it, because it's been on there for a while, but it did break. It, it actually physically hit something and broke it off. Um, on top of that, uh, once I got it all cleaned up, I started up the printer again because it's obvious a problem. It, it was the slicing was the problem and did an air print. But uh, I started printing the turn, turned on the job and started printing a new version of it. And it warmed up for a little bit, started printing, and then it had a thermal fault. Excuse me. So I started looking over the thermal fault, seeing what the heck was going on there. And it turns out one of the wires for the uh, um, the, the thermistor had broken off and was just kind of making contact here or there with the, the, the thermistor itself. So it was half working. Mm -hmm. So 
okay, no big deal. I mean, I'm, a lot happened during that last crash. It probably grabbed the wire, and and I do have wires hanging off my head because I don't well, I don't want to have as much any weight any more weight on there as possible. So like encapsulating the wires nicely isn't mm-hmm. you know I don't want to do that. So I just kind of got them zippy tied into a, a bundle. And then that goes into one of those plastic split shrouds that runs away from the printer that everything's in. So I've only got yeah. that one big shroud that comes in to the carriage. And I even got my cooling lines on the inside of that shroud. And then it's the plastic, the, the filament that comes down. But it could have snagged on one of the wires. So I went and I tried to pull out the thermistor. I unscrewed the screw. Tried to pull out the thermistor by the wire. It was, it was stuck in there pretty good. So I got a torch out, heated up the head with the torch because thermistor is not working, so I can't use the printer to heat itself up. Mm-hmm. So I torched it up a little bit, got it, got the plastic molten, and it's still stuck in there pretty good. While I'm playing with it, that, that last wire finally gave out and broke off. And so now it's broke flush with it. So I got in there with a pick, tried to dig out the thermistor itself, the actual head, couldn't get it in there, fought with it for like 10 minutes, finally gave up, went out to the shop, got my drill, got a bit just a little bit smaller than the thermistor and drilled out the thermistor. That worked out pretty good. Yeah, just, I mean, they're glass. So you just drill until all the sand comes out and the shiny starts coming out from the aluminum, right? So it worked out pretty good. So I got the new thermistor in there, which turned out to be an old one from an old head. I wound up pulling all my parts out to see what I had to use. And I've got Mm -hmm. uh, three or four new ones, but I had some old ones. And I figured I'll put an old one in there. So did that. That worked pretty good. Brought it up to temperature, checked the temperature to see if I needed to change the offset. It was about half a degree off. Uh, I set it for 205 and it was 204.5 after about 10, 20 minutes of sitting there. So I went ahead and just left it alone there and went to go starting to print again. And um, this time when it homed the carriage, the X access, it crashed hard into the home. I mean, just, you know, it just comes back to home Oof. like normal and then grrr, as it grinds out. So um, your bed was off balance and your Z axis was way out? No, no. So the Z was fine. No, it actually, the carriage crashed. It was, so it was pulling the carriage into the home position. When mm-hmm. it got into the home position, it did not stop pulling the carriage into the home position. It continued ah, to try to pull it in. So I shut down the printer real quick, um, just powered it down. And then turned it back on, pulled the carriage away, and I looked over the uh, the, the micro switch for the stop, and it is mm-hmm. smashed in. I don't know what happened. Now, the carriage crashing into it that hard could have smashed the, the switch. The actual pin on the micro switch, the plastic on the pin, is like squished mm-hmm. out. It's badly damaged. And so I don't okay. know what it went wrong if the switch just fell the switch on the inside, and then it got crushed by the head. Or what? Anyway, the, the that that stop that limit switch is completely dead. I got some micro switches out my shop. I went out, and grabbed one of them, brought it back in. It's a totally different size. So I went back out, got another one that is the correct size, but it's it's not a lever type switch. It doesn't have the lever on the micro switch, so okay. that's not going to work either. Um, so I went ahead and ordered new ones, which it was like eight bucks for a box of five. And I went and just bought the ones that are already on the board with the plug to make it easier. I could have just swapped out the switch itself, but the 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 little PCB it's connected to wasn't any more money, really. So I went ahead and did that. And then to compensate in the meantime, this is the fun thing I had. I wound up going in to my start 
the start G code in the slicer and I took out, it used an M28 to home everything. I took that out. Um, I remmed it out and then I added two more M28s, but specified to only home the Z and the Y axis. And um, then I wound up uh, zeroing out the X axis at negative 15, which from memory, when it's at the home position, it's like negative something. I didn't remember. No, I set it for negative 18 because I thought it was negative 15 that I remember. That's what it was. And uh, so now, until I get those switches, because they're supposed to arrive on Tuesday, um, and I still want to use my printer, now I just home the carriage manually, just throw it all the way over to the edge. And then when I go to start the print, it will only automatically home the Z and the Y, and it'll leave the X where it is. And then there's going to be a little bit of an error. So I got to assume my bed can only do like 290 millimeters instead of the full 300 because it's not, you know, the X isn't homed properly. And Marlin sits there throwing question marks on the X axis during print, saying that like it didn't home. <sighs> And that there's something wrong, and it doesn't know if it's accurate. But this is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, uh, something happened, but we're gonna go with this anyway. And, and you know what? It works. Works just fine. I just got to remember to manually slide the head over all the way to the home position before starting the print, and that will be the um, the the Jimmy rigged version of of being able to still use the printer until I get the replacement parts on Tuesday. And then probably install them next weekend. So that's my okay. adventure this week. That is kind of chaotic, Andy. <laughs> you, you've, you have had a long week. I broke it, <laughs> but it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of hokey having to push it over to get it to work. But you know what? At the moment, I don't have correct parts. have to wait on a shipment. And so this will work perfectly fine until then. It's, sure. it's 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 kind of like when your starter dies, you perfect you pot you purposely park on a hill so that you can just leave it in reverse, <laughs> pop start it as you're going out yeah. the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. I spent a lot of time with my car growing up, making sure I was in those kind of situations. <laughs> so for those of us that have 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 never had to pop start a manual, that's how you pop that that if your starter dies, you can still start your car by leaving it in gear, popping, and letting go of the clutch while turning the ignition key, as long mm. as you have some sort of momentum on your car. I think it's fun to do just even, like, even with, I've got a Nissan Xterra and a slanted driveway, and it's a manual, and usually whenever I get ready to go, I just put it in reverse, take off the brake, and, and push the clutch in for a minute, and it'll it'll start rolling a little bit, but it's on enough slant that when you release the clutch there, it's not jerking. It just starts cranking the engine as it goes back and just fires right up. It's kind of a, a neat little thing where you just start rolling back and it's just kind of running by the time you get to the end of the driveway. Kind of yeah, I did that with my CRX in your driveway a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry to take up half the podcast. Uh, how about you guys? What have you been up to? Hey, Chris, why don't you go next? Oh, biscuits. <laughs> or Kevin, uh, let's let Chris get his life together Ducks in order <laughs> give me a break i just woke up <laughs> you're uh, the the downside to recording at 10 is chris um is only barely human by 10 right well, he's got a different <laughs> schedule than us it's all good 
so I didn't actually do any printing this week. Um, I spent quite a bit of time looking up tutorials on Blender on YouTube. Um, I've seen advertised on Facebook quite a lot that there's like this Blender mastery course that's 80% off so you can learn Blender in four weeks for only $97. And I was considering asking my wife if I could if I could spend the money to do that. But then before I did, I read up on it and saw that it was dealing with animations and and lighting and uh, rendering and texturing and all this stuff that I don't really need to know because I'm only interested in the 3D modeling aspects of Blender. And right. so I, the thought occurred to me that I could probably find uh, tutorials for what I need from this bit of software and uh, so uh, for free. And so I, I did a search and found a few that were called, uh, that were indicating that they were tutorials for beginners. And I started on one to make a donut. And then uh, this morning I got onto the computer and I opened up Discord and Blender closed itself and I hadn't saved anything. So as we've been talking, I recreated the donut mostly from memory. So nice. I, I'm, I'm learning it. Um, but I've also spent a little bit of time um, slicing files for my nightmare chess set uh i haven't printed them yet, though like i'm once we're done recording i'm planning on on printing up a batch of them nice kevin turns on to see those this prints. Morning. those are always pretty he goes dope nuts oh, <laughs> i saw yep. the donut that you that you created though that that's neat that's that that's a neat thing that that software can do, and it makes me a little bit more interested in it because the, my first thought is how would I accomplish that in SolidWorks, and then that makes me giggle a little bit because like the normal software suit would really not be capable of making those kind of organic shapes. Right. So. And then and you saw it in progress. Um, I've got it now to the point where I had it when I lost it, and I've saved it this time. But uh, that's neat. I like how you put like the little drips of frosting and stuff like that dribbling down the side. Yeah, for our visual listeners, yep. right? Yeah, we know I mean, so it, much it, that is for our visual listeners. We might as well, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I might try to see if I can find a way to put this on something so that people can see it. I don't, I don't know how I would do that, but just so that they can I mean, see that. Yeah, there's no reason you can't share the finished product at least on the Facebook page, right? And of so course in the Discord chat so that one knows yeah. what progress you've made. So yeah, I think I'll do something like that. But yeah, that's as far as I've gone on the tutorial so far. But yeah, it's it's been extremely helpful. Yeah, that's really organic looking. Like it's not just like a a, a tor. What is it called? A toroid? A torus? Torus. Yeah, yeah. for shape. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's got like a little bit of lumps and imperfections along the sides and everything. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like a freaking donut. Yeah, I have like two bucks in a donut. Of the store. Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. Thanks. Yeah. Chris, did you get your stuff together enough to talk about what you did this week? <laughs> oh, 
because I gave you uh, so much time to prepare. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, had, I had actually I'd forgo- I, I had forgotten that um, I printed up some uh, another set of those grips for my stepmother. Or oh, the the uh, twist bottle grips or the twist calf grips? No, Nintendo grips. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Are, are it was it the same model that you used for yours that you you had put together? Um. Yeah, okay, so it's the same ones that w- if you've got the uh, controllers connected to um, the Nintendo and you've got the screen, the you full know, the full portable. switch. Yeah, yeah, the full switch. It's yeah, a set of those again. Okay. So I printed one for the kid and I printed one for um, my 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 stepmom this week. That's good. Actually, um, at some point, would you mind sending me the STL for, or uh, the link for it? If you don't have the STL, you can share. Sure. Um, my wife might like something like that for our switch. Yeah. Well, there's I'm the. Kind of it, interested in that it, it's only a month after you first talked about it, and I'm only just now thinking of my wife. Yeah. So there's a couple of yeah. So there's the Joy-Con grips that are good for the like the 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 half controller that you use for like stuff like Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and yeah. then there's the there's the, the the grips I just printed for portable use, and so they're 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 two different files, obviously. But, um, yeah. How how does the smaller one handle the uh, the position lights, or do you just ignore that? Because I know on the handle that you get with the system, they've got like uh, pieces of glass or something in there that funnel the light from the side of the Joy-Con to the front. Oh yeah, so yeah, that, indi- that indicate which could. Yeah, which indicate which controller you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so on on these ones, it doesn't really light up, but that's because um, even on the aftermarket ones that I bought mm-hmm. um, first got the system, they don't have that either. Okay, so you just kind of ignore them. And it's but, really not necessary. I I get I can just kind of see how it might be nice to have them available, but but it, it's not the, required. Uh, but on the full Joy-Con grips, you know that let you use both of them. That let you use both of them, you know, away from the system mm-hmm. that you're watching the TV. Um, those ones do have the little light glass things, so you slide them in. So you've got both controller. You know, you've got both. Yeah, both controllers. Right. You know. Oh, um, so maybe I was confused. That does happen often. Um, <laughs> So you're not talking about printing off a controller for both Joy-Cons. You're just comparing it to that controller. Right. So this, this okay. thing is a grip. So the first grip I'm talking about does, does just one of the two controllers, right? Right. So it's either a left or a right, but it's not both. It's and for those games that let you use half one. Like there's uh, some of the games we have that, that are like that. There's Monopoly and uh multiplayer games um are you using the one that i showed a little while ago for the single joy con or did you find a different one that you liked um i had found one do you remember um i had found one for the single joy con like quite a while ago okay um and it's 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 actually a really good file because it's a single print no supports and then there's like Three little, three little places you, you clip when you're done at to clean it up, mm-hmm. and that's it. 
Nice. It, right. So you have like not even five minutes of cleanup and you've got a fully functional Joy-Con. And the great thing is it's got really big um, L and R uh, toggles. Buttons? Yeah, shoulder buttons on the on the grip. And that's what really makes makes it um, on top of it being longer so it's not giving your hands cramped. Um, it uh, works really well like that. So... Good deal. Okay. That yeah, sounds good. The, the the grips I printed were this week were were for the full. You've got the Joy-Cons connected to the Switch screen, you know, and so you're mm-hmm. not trying to grab a flat surface with both both hands. It gives you a nice cup to to pull your sit your hands around. Yeah. Sit your palms around. Yep. Good deal. And then uh Oh, I and and I told you guys last week, okay, that I'd printed up the headphone mounts for my. So I did that last week. Huh? Uh, yeah, you did. Kind of got me <laughs> curious about some other mounts for myself, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I was kind of happy to have somewhere to sit that that triangle. Still a little excited about it that it's not just kind of floating around wherever in that room. It's got a designated place now. Good deal. How about you, Frank? What have you been up to? Uh, this week, surprisingly, I I don't. F- it feels like I did more some in some ways, and it feels like I did less in some ways. It's been one of those really? weeks. Um, I got the Deathly Hallows. Uh, at least the 3D printed part for the Deathly Hallows bookends printed up for my wife. Okay. Um, I'm going to put them on some, uh, three quarter inch thick plywood, uh, for the, so there's actually some heft to it because the set that they're holding up are the, uh, fully illustrated, uh, versions of the books that have been coming out. Okay. And so they're, they're bigger actually than, I don't know. They're probably about the same size as your first edition hardback, uh, copy of the books. Okay. Um, and so we need some hefty uh, bookends for them. And so the uh, the wood's going to contribute a lot of weight. And um, we're going to paint them black and then in- install them. And put them up on a shelf so that everybody can admire the set that we're building. Um, I think they've only got five or six of them out that are the illustrated ones. So well, we're that's picking cool. that up. You'll be able to show off your woodworking skills on top of your 3D printing skills. That is the hope. Um, also I went back to a project that I did a little while ago, the, uh, command strip, uh, wall sticker stuff. Yeah. Um, we've moved away from like putting nails in the wall and even the, uh, the hooks, uh, we don't do anymore. And especially now that I've found a hole that I put in a pipe, I'm really wary (laughs) of doing them. Um, but we've been using command strips, especially the the, the Velcro ones. So you mm-hmm. put the piece together in the Velcro and um, stick one side to your picture. And then when you put it on the wall in the right place, if it's not perfect, you can pull it off and readjust it. <laughs> but you're not putting holes in your, uh, your wall. Um, so I had the brilliant idea of trying to print off some of the... Uh, some other kinds of stuff to go with the command strips. And um, most of your command hooks 
are like uh, clothing hooks. They have this big protruding hook that comes anywhere from an inch to three or four away from the wall. Yeah. And um, it's too big to hang a picture from. It's gaudy. Yeah. So what I did was I created a, uh, a part, and I don't have it in my office. I thought I did. Anyway, um, that is made for hanging pictures when the only thing on the frame is the wire. Okay. Like some of the bigger frames. Yeah. And um, so it's just a, uh, a what are they called? Uh, uh, words fail me. Is it like a um, no, it's a ramp. So it's a, okay. a, a, a 100 meter, millimeter long ramp with a rounded part at the top. So the wire will hang on it. But okay. so that you can still adjust the picture, and it's so it's only five millimeters thick, so it's low profile enough that it doesn't interfere with the picture. Oh, nice. that's, does it hold the wire pretty close to the wall? Sorry, it it should. Um, for the last year, I've been struggling with it because the command strips do not like to stick to PLA. Oh, and I've been trying, you know, trying to smooth it, trying to, you know, all these other things. But for whatever reason, the command strip just doesn't like PLA. So I had the slow to respond. I am a stubborn moment, a stubborn yeah. person moment and thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to print one of these out of TPU and see how it does. Okay. And it does real well. Nice. <laughs> so, um. Hmm. So we can hang some of our heavier pictures. I mean, obviously it can't be too heavy, but uh, a five-pound picture frame will hang on that just fine instead of just trying to put it on the regular uh, uh, command strip Velcro. Yeah, I bet it yeah. would. Well, I know we say that, you know, don't put too much pressure or force on these things that you print, but realistically if you print it well in the first place you you kind of can well and as big and heavy as some of these things are they're not it you have to gauge what is too heavy and sometimes you have to experiment mm -hmm. with it but um i did test i mean i don't have the finger strength that chris does you know um being a mechanic and untorquing <laughs> bolts with your <laughs> fingertips um but I was able to put it up on my wall where I had some of the Velcro strip up there anyway. And I was yeah. able to put probably 30 pounds of downward pressure on it. And it okay. helped. That's good. I so, bet just the way something like that's designed, if you could get some like wire around it or something, I would be surprised if it couldn't hold a good hundred pounds plus that just, just, you know, just that, even though it's that little bit, mm -hmm. you're, since it's a sheer force on that tape, there's a chance you could pull out a chunk of drywall before as, it would come off if you're pulling long, it straight down. As long as the adhesive sticks to the part, which it wasn't yeah. doing with PLA for whatever reason. So, yeah. yeah. Um, TPU looks like it's going to be the way to go. And I can print off a couple more of those for the wife so she can finally hang up some other stuff. And then we're good to go on that. Um, That's good. And the last thing I did this week is I finally got those blocks dialed in. I'm happy with how they go together. I'm happy with how tight they are next to each other. Not, you know, so tight that you can't get them off, but they're still plenty yeah. tight. 
and there's still a little bit of tolerance in there. I can go in and smooth off the layer lines on the outside. Okay. Um, and even a little bit on the inside if I want. And um, talking through some of the challenges, you suggested that I build um, so that we can get the smoothing on the top because, mm -hmm. you know, 3D printers don't do the smooth bottom layer unless you basically fire the, the, um, the filament at 1.1 millimeters right into the bed and it's real tight and sticky that way. I don't like to do that. <laughs> I was about to say that's, that's what I do. <laughs> but they come off. They come off so, anyway. so flat and perfect. Their mere surface. Yeah. I like yeah. That. I almost wonder because I've done that without the hairspray, and it's a pain in the butt to get off of the the build plate. <laughs> yeah. Even, even when, um, even after it's cold, like yeah. a, really? I'll come what back to it an hour right? later. I'll come back to like, it an hour later and have to use my scraper to chip at the damn thing to get it off. Again, <laughs> as soon as my bed cools down, it pops right off. So yeah, nice. So, I don't know. Anyway, I uh, I'll play with that. One of the ideas it gave me, design wise, is because I've been pl uh, printing it with the nubs. I call them nubs. The superstructure of the block yeah. down, uh, printing it upside down. Um, so I can print it right side up. You suggested that I add um, like a 45 degree angle going into the center because the nubs don't go all the way in. Yeah, make it like an and, inverse roof, like a house roof on the inside yeah. of the Lego. And that way I'm well within my, um, my angle parameters and not um, uh, needing to do any support structure on the inside. Yeah. And then it'll be smooth on all the top surfaces. Um, yeah. And it, for me, it's been smooth even without the ironing. But as I'm doing the finished product, I can see myself doing ironing just to save myself some work in post. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to think through that. I To this point, it's all been prototypes just to get the right fit and all that that I want. Mm -hmm. and so now I can do modifications to the whole uh, design. And... Um, strategize on the right way to do post and all that. Yep. Nice. And then on the th focus on the three F's and then do cosmetics. And then I can go into production for my parents. Um, they've offered to buy me the filament. Um, okay. I'll just run off whatever color they want. I did think it'd be fun to add some preferred colors for myself. Um, yeah. There's some glow in the dark in there too. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Throw in some glow in the dark. Uh, it's mostly primary colors for these blocks. Um, so I can add some variety to the colors that have not been available. Yeah. Or were not available in my youth. That and the funny thing is, is I'm going to all of this work and all the only person in my family that had kids was my younger brother. Yeah. And, um, I think the part of why I decided to prioritize it is because my youngest brother is going to have a kid. Okay. And it's like, okay, so there's one more that's going to play with these as a child. Let's get a good collection together for them and yeah. uh, go from there. So that's my project for the week. My okay. projects. Um, I feel like uh, actually all of my projects this week were home improvement in some way or another, even if it's just a toy. 
Yeah. You made some bookends and you're gonna paint them black. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that uh yeah, with, with the topic that song is gonna be stuck in my head now. You're welcome. <laughs> We just got song. new listeners there, Chris, and now you're scaring them away again. <laughs> That's a good song. It is. I'll give you that. So have you done anything recent as far as the home repair or repair of items that uh, really stands out at all? I was thinking the last things that I did was like uh, fixing that armrest in one of my vans, in my work van, by printing a piece of plastic that I can glue to the bottom of the armrest plastic because it has disintegrated. And that's still working really good in there. I was impressed with that. It worked out good. And it, it's, it's a weird part. No one's going to make that kind of repair piece at all. You know, that's not something you could buy in the store at all. And the fact that it took, you know, 10 minutes to design it real quick and then run it off, you know, that one part there was like an hour and a half long print. It was a little bit bigger. Well, even still worth your, yeah, it's even still worth your time though, because to get all the replacement parts you'd need to fix it from the dealer, you know. Yeah, it would have been more. And the, the pleather on it is, is, you know, beaten in the sun. So it's a slightly different coloration now. So if you got a brand new one, it, you know, wouldn't, it wouldn't fit the color scheme in there anymore, but that that, that still works. It turned out to be a, a good repair. I love having that options to just be able to repair stuff like that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, and then there's that. Yeah, there's that customizer uh, uh, plate plate cover that I found. You know, wall plate covers. Oh those yes, things, yes, you did do those. Yeah, those things are freaking. Just having it as an option is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I love stuff like that. I just I was hoping to have more to talk about this topic, but it seems like. Everything that I ever talk about when it comes to those kind of things, you know, when it comes to 3D printing is among that topic, always involving that. Which is fine, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Yeah. Well, and kind of the whole point of announcing the the topic at the very beginning is we're allowed to talk about it through the whole episode. So maybe rather than adding two, let's just go with... Does anyone have anything that they have done along the the path of uh, designing or printing for the household that they didn't do in the last week that they kind of want to talk about? I am excited about the S the the prints that uh, Kevin did for me on his SLA printer were adapters for my fish tank. This is kind mm-hmm. of a household thing, and that's um. You know, it's, it's a weird threaded pipe on the canister because it goes to a custom pump. So it's a non-standard thread. Um, and I needed a, a, a ribbed uh, fitting for a vinyl tubing on that. And that's just not something that anybody makes. And being well, able to America. print that. Yeah. Being able to, to print up exactly what you need. Um, and SLA being able to be liquid tight made all the difference. That's not something I could do with a with an FDM printer, or at least I tried and it just, it failed. It just didn't work. Even with all the chemical sprays and stuff like that, I could add to it to make things waterproof. If it screws down, the screws are going to cut that, that lining. So that, that doesn't necessarily work. I can, I could print using, um, our printers like 
a cup or something and line it and that will work perfectly but doing uh doing something that's threaded is a whole nother ball game have yeah. you, forward have to you getting used those yet uh nope i have not yet they were in my car and my car is back in the shop and so i have not been able to pull them out and use them i see so we went to really all that to. work and held on <laughs> to them for how many like two weeks or whatever made the point of bringing them to you and you just abandoned <laughs> them i apologize i i, I no, work a fine. lot you know i, I right. got kids and i work 14 to 16 hours a day so the no. schedule is really tight to get in 3d printed stuff in place i, I get it i'm Andy. just excited to know to to learn how they uh work for you andy yeah. i hear you using words but all my brain hears is wow 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 yeah. Frank's like, we need to call the Wambulance. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I had more excuses, but it's not really, I don't even have TV time. Like, Honestly, Andy, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think there needs to be an excuse, honestly. I, I'm giving oh, you that's crap. The, okay, that's where you're coming from. Okay, I thought you were coming from the other end, like, wow, you're just coming up with excuses. No, I, I'm so. coming yeah. from the, I've known this guy for 20 <laughs> years, and I'm going to tease the crap out of him. Okay, that <laughs> makes me feel better. I felt the need to defend myself, so I apologize for that. <laughs> I've noticed that I do that a lot, and I'm trying to be better oh, some, you're days. Fine. Some, some days. Some days. Some days I don't give a crap. <laughs> some days. Just walking around the house, like I just got up here a minute ago to go take some medicine for a headache that I was kind of coming down with, and um you notice while we were on the podcast here and i went to go use my sink and there's a, a plastic 3d printed nut that holds the the gooseneck in place that looks really good and everything on there that's 3d printed when i opened up the medicine cabinet i had a little like um i don't know what you would call it a little holder that's um taped with double stick tape to the door of the medicine cabinet that holds all of our picks and things oh, to the door. So that's a mount. Yeah, a mount. Sorry, my brain just melted a little bit. I don't know what happened there. Um, and and that that's just you know the 3D print stuff that I passed on the way to the bathroom. Um, the towel rack in there is uh, the the towel rack itself is 3D printed because I have children that like our monkeys that like to hang on stuff. And so the normal ones you sell in the store. You can't screw down to a stud on both sides because they tend to be like fixed lengths and stuff. So right. I went and 3D printed ones so that I can screw them down into studs. So the monkeys that will hang from them, no matter what I do, won't uh, hurt themselves because it won't break away from the wall. That's been can really I interject good. here really quick? That just yeah. When I was actually trying to find rods that would be at 16 inch intervals when i was um remodeling my bathroom years you know them four or five years ago and it drove me absolutely nuts that i could not find any they just don't make them and i'm wondering if that's on purpose but yeah that way me, it breaks and you have to buy a new yeah that made me very unhappy just <laughs> yeah that's a weird problem to have Cause like, I was like, I have a kid and I know that it's very likely the kid's going to, going to break it if I don't sc screw this into a stud and sure nope, enough. Yeah. You just can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is weird because people got kids. You'd think they would make them, you know, within the the 16 inches length. You would think. And that would be your first mistake. Yeah. Um, I I haven't been enormously conscious of it until recently. But I've decided that a lot of the reason stuff doesn't get created is people forget to create it. Oh, I completely agree. Simple negligence. And as we get to the point where we can, 3D printing has helped with this, right? The cost of creating this little thing to save ourselves time or effort is so small compared to what it was even 10 years ago. Yeah. We just do it. But 10 years ago, we would have seen it as, why are you complaining about that stupid thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I do have something that requires fixing that I haven't done yet. My uh, little brother came over needing to weld something using my welder. And so I got the welder out for him. And I noticed the, uh, the I don't know what you would call it, the, the harness for the handle itself that hooks into the machine. You know, they usually got a big rubber garment to relieve the stress off of the, the tube full of the wires that go to the handle. It's, uh, it's shredded. Did you on mean that. grommet? Grommet? That might be the right word. Yeah, because garment's clothing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was a little confused. Yeah, oh, words. <laughs> Expect <laughs> me to use them right. Well, but it, it's shredded. And that would be a. Me too, so. <laughs> yeah. That would be a nice little TPU print to make a flexible stress relief for that tube to be able to replace that. Also, consider doing it for my laptop cords, like the one that my. I mean, just. Just looking at some of these, like even the one right here on this machine here, the stress relief for the laptop is broken. And mm-hmm. most of my cords, you know, have that problem. And then that's where they usually start to break. It might be nice to make a little TPU uh, thing I could, I could clamp onto that and maybe screw down with a screw to lock it in place. Or, or maybe use like something where you slip a zip tie in there to, to lock a, a C-shaped stress reliever over the end of the cord, you know. Yeah. Love little repairs like that. Got my brain going, even though it's melty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Even 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 like well, I guess isn't much of a repair, but just sitting right here, I got my my uh, all my fish tank supplies in a nice little caddy Mm -hmm. that I 3D printed. You know, it's just uh, 3D printing stuff is starting to just appear all over my house is like a mainstay part of just what makes this home work. Well, and to be fair to the rest of us, you've got another two and a half years over the rest oh, of us yeah. doing that. I'm sure that our houses are going to look much the same after three years <laughs> of doing this. I've, yeah. I've got, I've got a shelf in my dining area. That's, that's full of 3d printed things already. Yeah. yeah. Miniatures yeah, and there. whatnot. It's uh, and it's, it's growing and uh, I, I the collection, I mean, the shelf is not, right. unfortunately. I'm running out of space really fast. <laughs> <laughs> My shelves are bookshelves with a bunch of other stuff on them anyway. Yeah. But uh, th- they're running out of space for me to put my 3D printed stuff on as well. You should 3D print more shelves. No. <laughs> I, I, I want something a little more sturdy. <laughs> Scro- screws and wood is going to have to do it. Yeah. Or at least um, do like I did with my desk, where it's more fixtures that hold the wood together. But the wood is actually very sturdily bound together anyway. Yeah. 
So I'll, I'll figure it out a, and then brag about it later. That's good. I do got my, uh, I did print a shelf at one point for uh, my uh, spice. I got a, a spice rack that's got a, like glass doors on the front of it that mm-hmm. I use for flavorings and stuff. I wound up printing little shelves so I can have more shelves in there. I, I 3D printed small. a corner. I 3D printed a corner shelf, but yeah, it's it's only like an eight inch corner shelf, you know. So, well, yeah, your corner shelf is part of why I'm hesitant to do some things. I'm sure that you know between us, we could figure out how to get it done. I just feel like that's a lot of plastic to risk, and so I will. When I design stuff, I've actually started designing in smaller pieces, so that then I'm only replacing one modular piece i've been trying to go that direction anyway but uh smaller modular pieces that are easier to replace that is a good idea i was just thinking about that today like these fans that i made for the fish tank Mm -hmm. work beautiful they are amazing um yesterday when i came into my room here we had it closed up the door was closed and uh the air conditioner and stuff was off in here now we've got a few things in here that make quite a bit of heat and so when without the ac keeping the temperature low if the door shut it, the temperature raises it was almost 85 degrees in here and these fish tanks were solid at 75 degrees right where they should be 76 with the uh, the water coolers on them and to so be clear was, that, that's fahrenheit right yeah yeah uh, or they would be melty too well it was celsius i don't know but, 70 uh, degrees celsius would be is that warmer than fahrenheit at some point there's a transition feels like yeah. it'd be cooler than Fahrenheit still. Oh, uh, well, 100 would be 200 and what, 17 degrees or something like that? 220? 100 degrees Celsius is uh, boiling point, which is like 212 Fahrenheit. Or 212, like yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. if it was like 75, so, that would be like 140 degrees or something like that. <laughs> so 70 Celsius would be very hot. <laughs> yeah. I already got one of my fish tanks up to that kind of temperature range, and I took the fish out beforehand. That would be bad if they were still in there. But anyway, it's cooling great, but, and this is kind of the obvious point, my evaporation in these tanks has gone through the roof. It's about, I got two 20-gallon tanks in here, and it's about half a gallon every other day per tank that I'm evaporating off now. So they are overcooled, don't really need it. I should really make this micro-controlled and put a thermostat on it. So the fans only turn on at a certain temperature, but that's kind of leading into other things. Like it would be really nice if I had um, another jug in here that I could bubble water in to get rid of the chlorine and stuff and have the tanks automatically top themselves off little things like that. I would love to do a different heater setup than these heaters that we use. It would be nice if I could just get like a ceramic cord stick in the tank and then control that myself to control the temperature. And so part of me is thinking it would be really nice to put together like one solid unit that's micro controlled that takes a care of all these extra things that, you know, the tanks are doing, taking care of the temperature, turning off and on heaters and coolers like the fans. That way they can run little as possible. But now I'm left with if I do something like that, I'm going to have to reprint the housings for those fans because I glued them together the shroud and the base. So if I wanted to change the, just the base, I'd have to reprint the shroud too. Cause I glued them together. And where I'm going with this is your modular design idea is great. And I should really start designing stuff to work that way without necessarily having to rely on glue to glue them together. 
well, nice if I made them like clip well, together or something instead. Yeah, I was like, that's really easy. You put holes in one, and then you uh, put those uh, spaded clips on on the other end. Yeah. Oh, those like C clips? No, not uh, like C clips. Yeah, under so, the screws, the spaded clips are the ones that you put under the screws and like your power supply. Yeah. So it's for your it's, printer. It's it, it's 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 uh, imagine an an arrowhead shape, but it's got a a slice in the middle of it, so it can spring. Oh, those ones. Oh, okay. That'd be hard to three D print. Mm, uh, those so. those clips you don't necessarily want three D printed anyway because the clip needs to conduct electricity. Spaded clips. Oh, spaded. A clips. spade connector like that. Yeah, spade clip. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how I could implement that kind of concept. That would work. Yeah, all you do is you three three D print a hole with this with a step, you know, however far deep you want it, and then you have the spade this the spaded part printed with the 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 end of the spade, however deep you need it, and so that the, when they meet and you hear it go clip, you know that you've got it set. Yeah. And then if you need oh. to pull it apart, all you do is just get a little pick in there to pop the spades back together a little bit enough for you to pull it pull the plastic apart. So, okay. I was thinking completely wrong, obviously, because I do that. Um, so you're thinking more like uh, like with car components, you the clip in, yeah, squeeze it together like and pop it off, or like the uh, yep, like those the mm -hmm. strap clips. I don't even know what those are necessarily called, but bring two straps together with the the spring clip in the middle. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about a different way to connect things. There's, there's a lot of options there. That aren't yeah, see, always the, glue. The, yeah, see, the great thing about plastic is it's a little bit flexible. So, like, you can give it a little bit of flex to to kind of push things together and clip clip together. And then, That's if me. you need to take it apart, you can just you know use some uh, uh, use use tools like um, needle nose pliers and or, or 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 picks or small screwdrivers to just bend them just enough that you can pull them back apart again. You know, it's. I've made clips for clamshell boxes before. They they do work good. I think my only complaint is is they're they're an interference fit part, so they take a little bit extra designing and testing to make them work right. Yeah, but for this thing I'm talking about, it's a clearance fit part, not an interference fit part. So yeah. I would think. Ah, I have to I have to play with some of those ideas. There's a lot out there that could work that isn't always just gluing things together. That way, when you do want to replace a part, you you won't have to rebuild the whole thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm considering down the road that project. Either way, I like your modular idea there, Frank. Well, I, <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it. Well, you were it, the originator from it from the beginning of time, so of course. <laughs> Wait, so you were the Norsemen that started IKEA? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, not even an ancestor. I, I wouldn't be living in a condo with my wife <laughs> if I had that kind of notoriety. Um, like Bluetooth yeah. is another Norse. <laughs> so um, I, I know that um, I've done a few home improvement, just little home improvement things throughout uh, the year and a half we've had this printer um there's yeah. um holy crap see i'm not the only one i had a whole train of thought and it gone it's ghost train 
I'm not you the only e one with the melty brain. That's good to you, hear. You can't even blame me for derailing it this time. <laughs> nope, just disappeared. Um, <laughs> like uh, I had printed some uh, some handy stuff for the bathroom, like Andy, you know, mm -hmm. airbrush holder, airbrush holder, and razor holders, and but there's more to be said about home improvement too, because I just found that you know you can 3D print these nice little hinges that are great for like this the display windows and things because there's not that much pressure on them yeah. and i mean you could get the same you could get the same thing down at the hardware store but they're all metal yeah and if you want something that's a a, a nice light plastic boom yeah you can you print, print them straight up yeah well um all good ideas guys uh yeah, this this is a morning for derailment. I had a thought, and it went the same, jumped on the same train as you guys. I blame you, <laughs> even though I probably I wonder, started it about twenty minutes. I wonder ago. if we should go ahead and call it then, because something's something's going on with us. Something's three in out the of air. the four of us has got brains leaking out of their ears. It seems so. Yeah, uh, and, and, something's and in Kevin the air. might might be too, but he's just not talking, so we can't tell a whole lot. <laughs> no, my brain's not leaking quite yet. <laughs> Yeah, we're all looking forward to that one, too. Right? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to the very end. The very, very end. At least Chris is on the ball for that. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us all the stars and subscribe. We are available through a wide variety of podcast vendors, and so we're easy to share. If you have feedback or if you have content requests, please let us know. You can find us in our Facebook group, Amateur 3D Pod, or you can email us at panelists at amateur3dpod.com. For individual feedback, you can email us at Franklin, Kevin, Andy, or Chris at amateur3dpod.com. The music in this episode was written by Kevin Buckner, and OpenAI's Whisper completed the heavy lifting for the transcripts, which you can find linked in the description. Our panelists are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends. Kevin Buckner, Chris Weber, and Andy Cottom. Until next time, we're going offline. Keep your FEP tight. Insert current thought here. Got to print some earplugs to keep your leaky brain staying in your ear. <laughs>